Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. As believers in Christ, our relationship with God is unbreakable, but our fellowship with Him can be broken. Our relationship as children of God is unconditional and has been settled once and for all. However, our fellowship with God is conditional and may fluctuate. Stay with us today as we come to a critical life study program from the first epistle of John, and we are going to pursue further the first of the two main conditions for our fellowship with God. This is Matt Miller with Bill Lawson. Bill, thanks for coming into the studio today. It's good to be back, Matt. Bill, in our last program from the Life Study of 1 John, we started talking about the conditions of the divine fellowship, and we'll continue to discuss it in our next program. So this is a very important point. Today we're going to continue to discuss the first of the two main conditions of the divine fellowship, which is the confessing of our sins. But it's got three details, three breakout points here that we want to get into. Number one is the abiding in God as light. Number two is walking in the divine light versus the satanic darkness. And number three is practicing the divine truth versus the satanic lie. Could you review these briefly for our listeners before we get into the life study? Uh, yes, Matt. As you mentioned, uh, the epistles of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, are quite rich in the divine revelation. They talk a lot about the divine life and also the fellowship of the divine life. In other words, every believer has the divine life, but whether or not we remain in the fellowship of that divine life is another matter. So there are things that can knock us out of that fellowship, things like uh, unconfessed sins, a, a kind of a lifestyle that is not according to the Word or according to the Spirit. So the Apostle John, he gets into these conditions that enable us to maintain the divine fellowship with the triune God. And the first of these, of course, is a matter of abiding in God. In other words, we need to remain in God, stay in the very one in whom we were put, or a better word in the Greek is to dwell in God. So by dwelling in God, we remain in the divine fellowship, and then our fellowship is not broken. Also, we need to walk as John mentions, walk in the light as God is in the light. This is a daily walk, a continual walk, where we not only live and walk, but we act and do everything in God as light. And then eventually we need a particular practice, and that practice is the practicing of the divine truth. Because the reality, the truth, is the expression of the light. When we are in the light as the expression of God, then we are in the reality of all the divine truths. We are no longer in doctrine, we are no longer in darkness, but we are practicing the divine truth. Bill, I really like this program, and I'm looking forward to it. I hope our listeners will stay with us, because as I was preparing for this, I thought this is very, very experiential and practical. And I think as the listeners listen today, they're going to really be touched, and I hope that they would uh, open their heart to the Lord 
and allow him to shine in through this particular life study program. Let's go to Witness Lee now for his speaking from June 30th, 1983. First aspect for us to keep a profitable condition that we could remain in the fellowship is to abide in God. To abide in God. Don't forget, in this epistle, there are seven great mysteries. Divine life, divine fellowship, divine anointing, and then divine abiding. Abiding. Abiding in the Lord. This is a strong, a strong revelation in John's writings. Even John's gospel, chapter 15, it says what? Abide in me, and I in you. See, this revelation of abiding is a great thing. Don't think this is a small thing. It's too great. Too, too great. It is great and crucial because of us. We do need such an abiding. Years ago, due to their modern language, I always consider to abide is merely to remain, to stay. But in the further study of the truth, I found out this word in Greek actually means to dwell. Here, to abide means to dwell in God. This means you do not only stay there, you dwell there. Dwelling means living, acting, moving, to have your being. And this corresponds with another predicate in the same chapter. Walk in light. And walk in Greek means to move, to act, to have your being. It is not just to stay there, to remain there, but to have your being there. This is to dwell in God. We all have to realize today... God is our dwelling. Where is your home? You have to say, God is my home. My home is a portable home. A traveling home. Wherever I go, my home goes with me. Wherever he goes, I go within him. God is our dwelling. We have to dwell in God. Well, Bill, it's a good place to stop. This is the first of the three points we were talking about today, this matter of dwelling in God, abiding in Christ. We have to do this. Can you develop that a little bit before we go on further today? Uh, Brother Lee gets a lot into the matter of abiding because he tells us that the divine abiding is one of the seven very mysterious divine matters in the uh, first John. 
So we have to get into this. Uh, of course, John, earlier in his gospel, his 21 chapters of John, gets into the matter of abiding, and we know in John chapter 15, a very, very famous uh, chapter in the Bible. And for centuries, believers have been trying to get into this practice. Uh, just recently, I was looking at Andrew Murray's masterpiece called The Spirit of Christ, and also his other works like Abide in Christ. So he was really seeking the Lord how to practically abide in the Lord. Uh, abiding in me and I in him. He got into the matters of consecration, waiting on the Lord. He didn't see so clearly as Brother Lee sees today that this matter of abiding in God and God abiding in us is a very practical matter involving the our mingled spirit, the, the Holy Spirit mingled with our human spirit. The abiding there is abiding in God. It's like he says, it's, the Greek word is house. That word means house or dwelling place. So that means we have to realize it's not just a matter of God put me you know, into himself when I got saved. Now I just stay there and remain there and do nothing. No, it's a very dynamic word in the Greek. It means to live. It means to have your living, your acting, your moving, your speaking, your work. It means you actually, you and God dwell together as a mutual dwelling place. So it is a very, very important word. And without that abiding, Matt, we all realize we cannot remain and we cannot maintain our fellowship with the Lord in a very clear way. If we're not abiding in God, then right away we realize my fellowship with him is broken. It's like, you know, he's in light, but I'm in darkness. So to abide in God as light is a very, very important matter for believers today. You know, Bill, before we go on, I want to help those who may be counting or keeping track. You know, we witnessly mentioned there's seven mysteries in the writings of the Apostle John, and he mentioned the first four, which are the divine life, the divine fellowship, the anointing of the triune God, and the abiding in the Lord. And that, And he stopped at number four. But just for those who were counting, I'll give them the final Three, number five is the divine birth, number six is the divine seed, and number seven is the water, the blood, and the spirit. Those are the seven mysteries in the writings of John, and particularly the epistles of John. So let's go on now to the next section with Witness Lee, and let me read First John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. And this is the message which we have heard from him and announced to you, that God is light, And in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and are not practicing the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from every sin. Let's rejoin Witness Lee as we get into these verses. When we toil in God... This very God is the shining one. So we are in light. Not only so, we walk in the divine light. We move, we act, we do things, and have our being in the divine light, which is the very God himself, because he is light. You know, when you do not have the divine light. When you are rather in darkness, you just have the sensation that everything is vanity. Everything is emptiness. When you are in the divine light, whatever you see is a reality. 
You see God. God is reality. You see the divine life. The divine life is a reality. You see holiness. Holiness is reality. You see love. You see God's grace. Everything is a reality. When we are dwelling in God, we are in the fellowship. When we are in this fellowship, we are in light, and we work in light. At that time, we see, we see Christ, we see the Spirit, we see the Church, we see the members of the body, we see the body, Maya. We see so much. Then one day, all of a sudden, you got offended by not a big thing, just a small thing. You got offended. Once you got offended. Right away, light is gone, darkness is here. Now you are in darkness, everything becomes in vain, everything becomes empty. Up to a certain time, our Lord is always merciful. Seems some reason, actually no reason, just out of a sudden you repent, Lord, forgive me, Lord. Just say a little word, Lord, forgive me. The light shines. Oh, forgive me, Lord. Your precious blood cleanses me, Lord. Oh, cleanse me, Lord, with your cleansing blood. My, the light. Again, everything becomes real. Isn't this your experience? Yes, Bill. I can say that is my experience, <laughs> and this is a very experiential word. I really appreciate this ministry that brings us back to Christ in an experiential way, and how practically we can be in the light. We can be enjoying the Lord. Everything can be so real. Christ is real. The church is real. The Spirit's real. Grace is real. Everything's real. And yet, all of a sudden, a little offense comes. Just seemingly a little offense. Yet that little offense takes us away, and everything. Now the church is vanity. Everything becomes empty. What happened to grace? It is such a real and practical word, isn't it, Bill? It's true, Matt. This is really our experience. We know from the word there, God is light, and light is the very nature of God's expression. It's God shining. When God shines in our experience, that brings us reality. So everything of the Word of God, everything of the Christian life is reality, but if we are not walking in the light, you know, as the Word of God says, then uh, God is still real. The things of God are very real. Uh, What God has done is doing all these matters, attributes of God, the virtues of God, and so on. They are very real. But if we, just a little bit, if we are offended, if we sin in some kind of a way, right away it's like we're disconnect. So we need to, as John says, we need to walk in the light. That means to live, to act, to move, uh, to have our whole being in the light because that is what God is. So our need all the time is for us to learn how to walk in the light, how to do everything in the light. And as soon as we sense a little bit of darkness, some kind of a, a insulation between us and the Lord, we can just go to the Lord and confess and open up, and that restores our fellowship so that we can maintain our fellowship in the divine life. I like the example Witness Lee gave that uh, this person who got offended in his story All of a sudden, seemingly for no reason, they just turned their heart to the Lord and said, Lord, forgive me. And then all of a sudden, the light came back. 
It's amazing how simple it is, isn't it, Bill? Right. So simple, yet I think it's very difficult for us because none of us is prone to always confess. We like to think we're right. I'm right. He's wrong. I'm, uh, She's right. I'm wrong. We're in right and wrong, good and evil. We're in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But when we just simply confess, it brings us back to the tree of life. And uh, it seems like there's no reason to repent, but uh, I think the Lord is burdened and even praying for us that we would have the repentance in the heart to turn to the Lord. It's not a small thing at all. Well, Bill, I'd like to linger here longer. Uh, Maybe we can come back and talk about this more after the final section with Witness Lee. Let's go to him now uh, for the conclusion of today's Life Study message. So here I give you two points abiding in God as light, walking in the divine light versus what? Versus the satanic darkness. Whether you are wrong, you are right, that means nothing. You have to check whether you are in light or you are in darkness. If you are in darkness, this darkness indicates that you are out of the divine fellowship. Light is the very expression of God. Right? And darkness, vice versa, is the very expression of Satan. The divine expression is the divine light. And the satanic darkness is the satanic lie. When you say, I don't care for the church. Christ is not here. Christ is not in me. These are lies. And these lies are the very expression of satanic darkness. To restore, to recover our broken fellowship, we must condemn darkness. Light would come. Then we could maintain such a proper fellowship in the divine light. Now, not only abiding in God, not only working in the divine light, but also practicing the divine truth. When we abide in God as light, And when we walk in this divine light, we spontaneously practice habitually the truth. But when you are in light, you see the truth. You practice habitually, spontaneously, automatically, and constantly, and continuously, without seeing all the realities. This is to keep yourself in the divine fellowship. Bill, I want to develop this matter of the darkness because I think a lot of believers find themselves in darkness and they don't want to be there. But when they're there, for some reason, they don't want to get out. It's a matter of pride or something. Can you develop this a little bit? 
I think so, Matt. We as believers, when we receive the Lord, after we confess once to receive the Lord, it's not easy for us to confess again because we think we're okay. We receive the Lord, we receive the divine life, now we're in the divine fellowship. What happens, though, many times because of offenses or different problems, we find ourselves in darkness, and it's easy for us to criticize others, even backbite, to criticize other believers. We also many times have a concept that we are better than other believers or we criticize others. This just shows us we are in darkness. We think we're right, but we're in darkness. We think, you know, we don't need to confess to anyone because I'm right and the other person offended me. But really, in reality, we are in darkness because we don't have the fellowship. We don't have the life of God flowing within us anymore. It seems like all the things of God are not that real anymore. It's like we're in a vanity. We have vain thoughts, vain imaginations, because we're not walking in the divine truth. You know, it's like this matter of the divine light should govern our Christian life. We shouldn't be in the realm of what's right and what's wrong. We have to take care of, am I in light or am I in darkness? And I think this is so critical. And we can be arguing in our mind that I know I'm right, I'm right. Yet we, in our spirit, in our heart, we know we are just in the darkness. And we should take this. It's kind of like a stoplight. When you go to an intersection and a light is red, you should stop. Well, That's how we should react to darkness. Darkness is like a red light. Stop. You need to stop and confess. Turn your heart to the Lord. Lord, forgive me. Shine on me. Bring in your light. Take away this darkness. I don't want to be right yet in the dark. Really so, Matt. This is a very experiential portion of the word. On the positive side, we're walking in the light as God is light. So we're living, we're talking, we're doing things, we're going places, we're speaking things, we have relationships that uh, are always testing us. Are we in the darkness? Or are we in the light? Uh, like you say, it's not a matter of right or wrong, good or evil. It's a matter of, are we in light? Are we walking in light as God is light, or are we in darkness? Many times we sense we haven't done maybe anything outwardly sinful, yet we sense because there's some insulation, there's some darkness there that has cut us off from the divine fellowship. Right away, as you say, we need to confess that simple thing to the Lord, and right away we sense we're in light. That means we're we're bright. Uh, Things are shining within us. We feel refreshed. We feel uplifted. We feel strengthened. We feel supplied because we're walking in the divine light. Then as we practice walking in the divine light, or I should say, as we are in the reality of of this kind of daily walk, then spontaneously we practice something. We practice the divine truth, because truth, the reality, is the expression of the shining. As we're in the light, as God is shining, he shines over us, he shines through us, he shines in us concerning our daily life and walk and so on. Then that enlightens us. And then when we are in that kind of light, we practice the divine truth. That means the reality is there ceaselessly without any kind of faltering steps. We, day by day, moment by moment, like breathing, we practice the divine truth. And that saves us from the vanity, from the corruption, from the darkness, from the lie uh, in the satanic realm. I appreciated how it was pointed out that that word practice means you habitually practice. It's not just a one-time practice, is it, Bill? That's right. Uh, The Greek word there again is poia, which means to practice something habitually, ceaselessly, like breathing. So God's desire, his intention, is that we would practice uh, this divine truth 
by walking in the divine light, by abiding in God as light, and then all the time we will find ourselves in the light, and everything, like you say, and Brother Lee said, will be real to us. The church is real, Christ is real, uh, God's love is real, God's grace is real, God's holiness is real. Everything of the Christian life is reality because we are practicing the divine truth. Well, I hope our listeners have a desire and an appetite that they want God to be real. If that's the case, they've tuned into the right program today because this is going to really help them in their experience know God in a more real way. Bill, thanks for coming into the studio today. It's good to be here again. And thank you also for joining us. I hope uh, that the enjoyment that we're experiencing here in the studio has overflowed to you wherever you are listening today. You can get more materials by calling us at one 888 Life Study. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or you can write to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or just send an email to radio at lsm.org. On behalf of Bill Lawson, this is Matt Miller. Thank you for listening today. The Gospel of John unveils the New Testament reality of the types of Christ conveyed in the Old Testament tabernacle and offerings. The reality of the five main offerings in Leviticus serve as the examples in the first 12 chapters of John, and in chapters 13 through 17, the Gospel of John unveils the New Testament reality of the type of the tabernacle. The fulfillment of the tabernacle and the offerings in the writings of John is now available Get your copy today by calling 1-800-549-5164. That's 1-800-549-5164.